With Siyata Tichmaya, now we're going to continue in our Amida, in understanding what it is that we're saying when we're standing in front of the King of Kings. So now we're on the section of, of, of national requests, and we come now to an important transition in the blessings of the Shmona Esrei. The blessings beginning with knowledge through prosperity are all personal requests to Hashem which affects us on a daily basis, but with, with the blessings of gathering of the exiles through response to prayer, we begin to reflect on the future vision of the Jewish people. And we, we pray that those dreams will soon be realized. So when we say here in the ingathering of the exiles, when we say, sound the great shofar for our freedom and raise the high banner to gather our exiles and gather us together from the four corners of the earth, you are the source of all blessing, my master, who gathers the dispersed of his people of Israel. So this blessing, sound the great shofar, opens a section of petitions featuring the national yearnings of the Jewish people. This blessing beseeches Hashem to sound the great shofar, which will be heard around the world, summoning Jews everywhere to return to the ancestral homeland. So in the words of the prophet, and on that day, a great ram's horn shall be sounded and the strayed who are in the land of Assyria and the expelled who are in the land of Egypt shall come and worship God on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. And most dramatic about the return of our exiles will be the remarkable unity that will exist between Jews who have not yet been together for millennia. Each Jew will become part of an unprecedented gathering, returning to the beloved homeland. And during the journey to Jerusalem, we will one day soon celebrate our true freedom and crown God as the king of the universe. And our harmony and love for each other will also echo back to Sinai when Jews were like one man with one heart. Hashem desires to bring his holy nation together from all over the world and unite with us and our, with our brothers and sisters in, here in Eretz Israel. And after the exodus from Egypt, each of the 12 tribes has its own unique banner and color. However, when all the Jews will come together as one, we will march under one banner. In our journey to our homeland, all Jews will be guided by a banner that flies above them. Raise high the banner to gather our exiles. And according to, the, to our Barbanel, there is a special significance to this banner. The theme of this procession back to Jerusalem is oneness and unity. There can only be one manner, one banner, one nation, and one God. So imagine, if you will, this triumphant return of the Jews to Jerusalem under God's banner, which will be seen above his people everywhere in the world. And after thousands of years of painful and challenging exile, when the Jews were subject to virulent anti-Semitism and persecution, we now savor the sweet taste of true freedom for the first time. We'll begin to grasp that this is the realization of our Jewish dream, the complete redemption, the time when Jews will never again have to return to the exile. So when we say, sound the great shofar, who's blowing the shofar to proclaim our freedom? This is not any ordinary shofar. Its sound must be heard universally. So clearly only God could be blowing this shofar, so to speak. And how would Jews around the world know that this shofar is calling them? There are no known notes in the shofar repertoire for summoning Jews around the world back to their homeland. And possibly there's a type of spiritual DNA inherited in every Jew's soul, no matter how distant he or she may be, which would respond to the sound of the shofar and its message. So why is this shofar called the great shofar? 
And we mentioned earlier that Hashem will be the only one to blow the shofar. So when we describe it as the great shofar, we're referring to the great one. Who sounds it? And since the shofar is used by the great one, it brings about redemption of epic proportions. And tradition tells us that this horn belonged to the ram that was sacrificed instead of Yitzhak. The smaller horn was sounded at Sinai, while the larger one is reserved for the final redemption. And when we say here for our freedom, throughout Jewish history, Jews lived under the domination of foreign regimes. They frequently suffered greatly, even in relatively good times. In a very real sense, Jews were never truly free. They were often restricted in where they could live and their livelihoods and even in religious observance. So according to Midrashic literature, over the millennia, Jews were under the authority of four empires, Babylonia, Media, Greece, and Rome. And today we're still experiencing the trappings of the Roman culture. And even though Rome and its successors may no longer be controlling us as they were, their philosophies and materialistic lifestyle still influence our society. And this is the meaning of the Midrashim that we are still servants to Rome. In the words of the Haggadah, this year we are slaves, next year we shall be free people. This year we are still under the control of the kingdom of Rome or other powers. And next year we will be truly free in Israel, in Eretz Israel, under God's domain. And when we say who gathers the dispersed of his people of Israel, we're saying here how many Jews will return to Jerusalem answering God's call to begin the and gathering of the exiles. Of course, it's impossible to predict in a realistic sense how many will return. As a starting point, there are approximately 14.6 million Jews worldwide, which comprises only about 0.2% of the global population. And we're among the smallest of the nations, even though our impact on the world stage is immense, far above our numbers. But yet Hashem promised Abraham that his offspring would be as many as the stars of the heavens and the sand of the earth. And in our present calculation of the future Jewish population, we left out the ten lost tribes of Israel who were dispersed by King Sanherib. And we also omitted the Jews in Egypt and other parts of the ancient world who had drifted from our, our tradition. When all of these Jews, some committed to our beliefs and others who rejected them, joined forces and marched together to Jerusalem, we could very well be a much larger nation and our power will grow exponentially in the world. And who are these returnees to Jerusalem? Wherever they are in the world, Jews will return to Jerusalem during this epic moment. However, according to our source in Isaiah, they will return from Assyria, the lands where the ten lost tribes were dispersed and from Egypt. In these foreign countries, Jews were cut off from their homeland and Torah heritage for thousands of years. And the verse the Jews of Assyria are referred to as, which means lost and forgotten. And the other groups mentioned in the verse are Jews from the land of Egypt. They are referred to also, which means as dispersed and cast off. They're not only isolated from the major Jewish communities, they're isolated within their own communities. And to all these alienated and dispersed Jews, Yeshaya, declares that God will bring them all together and unite them as one. And he will gather the dispersed of his people, Israel. Baruch Adonai Leolam, Amen ve Amen.